Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for July 14th, 2022. As we enter the second half of the year, several economic indicators are disappointing and we're likely to see a second consecutive quarter with a decline in GDP. Are we in a recession now? Or are we likely to go into one in the near term? Nationwide's Chief Economist David Burson and Senior Economist Ben Ayers take a closer look at other economic indicators and provide their perspectives on the current health of our overall economy. And now, here's Ben Ayers. Hello everyone, today we're going to be asking one of the key questions that we're hearing out in the market today. As those recession concerns continue to build, are we in a recession now? First quarter of 2022, we saw a decline in real GDP of 1.6%. And if you look at the latest estimates from the Atlanta Fed's GDP now, it shows a likely decline of about 1% for the second quarter. So that would be two consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth. And that's traditionally been one definition of a recession. So David, I'll ask you the question. When you look at the economic data now, if we do get a negative print, for the second quarter, are we in a recession now? Well, I, I would say that two consecutive quarters of negative GDP is not a definition of recession. It's uh, something that is commonly used because it does tend to go in most periods along with a recession. It did not happen, however, in 2001. In the 2001 recession, we didn't have two consecutive negative quarters, but, but they do tend to be associated with each other. But you need to look beyond or behind what's in GDP to answer that. So the short answer is no, we're not in a recession. How do we know that? Particularly if we're going to get two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. So the first half of the year, if you look at GDP mid-year versus the start of the year, it'll be lower. Why is that not a recession? Well, it's not a recession because the, the decline in GDP was due to some special factors. And, and the things that we look at is, core spending in the economy, core GDP, which is consumer spending and business investment spending, uh, didn't go down in the first quarter, and they're not likely to go down in the second quarter either. So core spending still up. What went down? Well, everything else. Inventories were a, a big drag on the economy, and trade was a big drag on the economy. Uh, although I would view this decline in trade, yeah, lower GDP, but not necessarily as a negative the trade balance, real net exports and GDP parlance, went down because the, the U.S. is the locomotive of growth for the world right now. The world economy is not doing very well. But as we do better than most other parts of the world with consumer and business spending, we're sucking imports in and they're buying fewer of our exports because growth abroad is, is so weak. So that makes the trade numbers look worse. So current period, GDP, I think, is giving us a misleading indication of what's happening to the underlying economy. Well, but if that's the case, what should we be looking at? We like looking at, as I said, final sales to private domestic purchasers. You know, GDP, take out trade, take out government, take out inventories, what do you have left? You've got final sales to domestic purchasers. And if you looked at the first quarter, final sales at core GDP, was up at a 3% annual rate. That's not bad. 
certainly not a recession. You look at it over four quarters, and it's probably better that everybody looks at GDP over four quarters. It smooths out some of the volatility. It was up 4.2%. Again, pretty good, not recession level. But again, go underneath GDP still more. What is the definition of a recession if it's not negative consecutive quarters of GDP? Well, the folks who determine when recessions begin and when they end, it's a group of economists at the uh, National Bureau of Economic Research, the Business Cycle Dating Committee, and they get together periodically when things are bad to see if they should say a recession has started or things are good to say that a recession has ended. And they always lag behind the actual data because there's lots of revisions in the data. They don't want data revisions to change their view. They don't want to say, oh, we had a recession. No, wait, a month later, data were changed because of revisions. We didn't actually go into recession. That would make them look really bad. So they, they wait a number of months or a number of quarters to, to make their call. But what do they look at? They look at a number of things. They look at employment growth. They look at business spending. They look at consumer spending, industrial production, things that underlay this core measure of GDP that I talked about. What is that telling us now? Well, interestingly enough, the conference board, and people are familiar with the conference board's index of leading economic indicators, has a coincident economic indicator what's happening now, not what will happen, what's happening now. And many of the components of that are components in the, that the Business Cycle Dating Committee and NBER looks at. It looks at employment on payrolls, personal income, industrial production, manufacturing and trade sales. What is that telling us right now? Well, it's at an all-time high, not going down. That's good. Hard to have a recession if Coincident indicators aren't falling. And if you look at it over the last year, it's up by 3%. Now, over the long run, and there's data that goes back here to 1960, that's pretty long run. The, the median, the middle, half are stronger values, half are weaker values, 2.7%. So the growth rate in coincident indicators over the last four quarters, sorry, the last 12 months, is is above the long-term median. So it's very difficult to say that we're in a recession right now, even if, as seems likely, we have two negative quarters of GDP that are two consecutive quarters in a row. Yeah, I completely agree, You know, especially the very strong labor market that we had in the first half of this year. The, the economy added more than 2.7 million jobs in the first six months of 2022. And you know, despite the weaker numbers and the slowdown that we're seeing, you know, that's certainly not recession material. And I completely agree that all of the coincident indicators that we're looking at prominently are pointing in the upward direction. Now, Dave, when we look a little more forward, you know, there's a lot of leading indicators for economic growth as well and leading indicators of a potential recession going forward as well. You know, what are those telling us, you know, particularly focusing on the yield curve and what does that mean for our outlook for where we see the economy going over, you know, especially the next six, but particularly the next 12 or 18 months? Well, let me get to the yield curve in a minute. You know, I was just talking about the conference board's index of coincident indicators. They also have their index of leading economic indicators, and that's something that people are, I think, more familiar with 
than the coincident indicators. And there are 10 leading indicators. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but there are 10 things that over time have demonstrated they tend to lead the economy. So this is an index of, of the 10 of them. And we like to look at the, uh, the 12-month changes. It's easier to see when it goes negative that, in fact, you're going to go into a recession. It's not negative. It's slower than it was. This growth rate is now up 3.1% from a year ago. That's below the average, the median, so the mean, the average 2.6, but the median, half stronger, half weaker, 3.8%, and we're about 3.1. So it's slower than usual, but it's not below zero. So this doesn't tell us that we'll be going into a recession soon. Now, the leading indicators, I'm sorry, are, are going down, and uh, you know they, they peaked in uh, the spring of 2021, this growth rates peaked in 2021. If you look at the actual level, it's still pretty close to an all-time high, but we like, again, to look at the 12-month change. So it's slowing. It's flashing yellow. It's not flashing red. Now, one of the important components of the Conference Board's Index of Leading Economic Indicators is something you mentioned, and, and the thing that we think is the probably the best overall predictor of recessions, and that's the shape of the yield curve. Now, they measure the shape of the yield curve in the leading indicators, and most people look at it this way, as the, the spread between 10-year Treasury note yield and the federal funds rate. So a very short-term rate that's policy-driven and a longer-term rate that many interest rates in the economy are um, priced off of. And you know, if you go back 50, 60 years, really, if you go back farther than that, all recessions have been predicted by this drop in the federal funds rate, 10-year spread, where it goes below zero. I'm trying to think of a, a period where it didn't go below zero, and I'm life of me, I, I, I really can't. So... You know, if, if you look at this 10-year Fed fund spread, and we've got data back to, again, about 1960, it turned negative, sometimes right before, sometimes a long distance before, but it always turned negative before recessions began. But what is it now? Well, today, that spread is about 1.3 percentage points, 130 basis points. It's certainly not zero, in fact, not even close to zero. In fact, interestingly enough, the median in the middle, it's about 120 basis points, but that is dragged down by um, significantly inverted yield curves that we saw before the 73-75 uh, recession and before the 1980-81-82 recessions. So that, that's not quite as important. What's important is the interest rate spread that we think really matters in terms of predicting a recession is not negative. It's not negative yet. We're seeing long rates edging lower, not falling rapidly, but edging lower as financial markets become concerned about the potential for a future recession. Less borrowing demand, inflation goes down, long-term rates drop in recessions. And short-term rates moving up. And the Fed has tightened relatively aggressively in the last few months. Um, they are likely to tighten aggressively in the coming months. And by this fall, we could see this 
important yield curve spread invert, where the federal funds rate moves above the 10-year Treasury note yield. Not there yet. Again, there's about 130 basis point difference. You need a number of more Fed tightenings to get there. But the Fed at the July meeting later this month uh, is likely to tighten by at least 75 basis points. I mean, the market's looking now as maybe the Fed will go up by a full percentage point. Could easily happen. And then we have the September meeting where the market's looking for a 50 to 75 basis point increase in the federal funds rate. Well, if we get that, then um, we're going to see the federal funds rate move, well, it's currently 1.25%. Um, we're going to see it move, goes up 125 basis points, it goes to two and a half. If it goes up 150 basis points, it goes up to 275. The 10-year today is a little below three. Now you're getting very close to that inverted yield curve after just two more Fed meetings through September. There are a couple more meetings after that. So we could easily see this important spread invert where short-term rates move above long-term rates. Now, as I said, that's a historically been a great signal of a coming recession. When the recession occurs varies, but it averages about 11 or 12 months. And then, so what that says is if this fall we get this yield spread inversion, perhaps next fall we have a recession start. So while we're pretty confident there's no recession right now, the data just don't show it. Um, there is growing chance that a little more than a year from now, maybe 14 months from now, we could fall into a recession if the Fed keeps tightening monetary policy and it's doing so to try to slow inflation, which is running very high. So I think the Fed is doing the right thing. But the byproduct of that could well be the inverted yield curve and a recession in a little bit more than a year. I think the yield curve is probably one of the things we're most closely watching, as you said, you know, sort of in that yellow flag territory at the moment, but you know, could move into the red flag territory as we look over the second half of this year. You know, David, you know, we mentioned a lot of data that supports that we are not in a recession right now. And we've talked a little bit about what things we're looking for, but there are some parts of the economy that are really struggling right now, particularly with inflation. We just got the print for June up 9.1% over the past year for the for the consumer price index. Are there any areas of the economy that are certainly in the red flag territory at present? And how do we kind of rank order these factors as we look forward from a forecasting standpoint? Well, high inflation itself doesn't signal a recession, except in as far as it, it suggests that the Fed will tighten, we may get a future recession. But the part of the economy that is most affected by interest rates is housing. And we've clearly seen a decline in housing activity. I mean, housing starts in uh, April, 1.81 million units, um, the cyclical peak in this cycle but fell dramatically in May, fell by 14.5%. That's a big one-month drop. We've had bigger one-month drops, but it's a big one-month drop. and clearly shows that home builders are looking at this rise in inflation and rise in interest rates as, as a result of that and saying, you know, maybe there's something going on here and perhaps we ought to be cautious going forward. 
the home builders have a uh, National Association of Home Builders has a, a monthly survey uh, called the Housing Market Index, and and that's been going down now since last December. It's uh, at 100. Every home builder says everything is good. It's never 100. Uh, we had an all-time high of 90 um, late in 2020, and it's been edging lower since then. But the latest number, which is June, it's down to 67. And that's the lowest figure we've seen since June of 2020, as we were just coming out, out of the COVID downturn. So housing typically leaves the economy into recession because it's so interest rate sensitive, and it's clearly down now. Is the level of housing activity the recession level? No, far from it. But it is clearly being impacted by higher, by higher interest rates. You know, it's expensive to get a mortgage as interest rates go up. So fewer people can afford to buy a house. So fewer people do buy a house. So we're clearly seeing that in action today. Rates have not gone up so much to bring the housing market to a standstill. The housing market is still pretty good. It's just off its peak. But this is clearly something to keep an eye on if interest rates go up further. Thank you, David. I think we're going to leave it at there for today. Uh, a lot of factors to sort through. Clearly, you know, things are weakening, but I think we can all agree that we're not in a recession yet. But unfortunately, the winds are shifting. And as we look ahead towards the second half of this year, and particularly when you look towards the second half of next year, I think those risks are rising. And something we're going to keep a very close eye on, particularly the yield curve, as we kind of measure where things are with the economy and where they might go. I'd like to thank all of our listeners. Information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.